Welcome to this episode of Pen to Paper Press Podcast. I'm Cindy Coaches. I enjoy spending time with best-selling authors, writers, editors, publishers, and creative souls to talk about the process of developing our stories to completing our works of art. Each episode is an opportunity for us to explore mindsets, pearls of wisdom, and the experiences that began our journey as a writer from the moment we put pen to paper. Today, I am speaking with Martine Felton. She is an intuitive life coach, medium, and the author of Life Interrupted and You Love, You Learn, a memoir she published earlier this year. Martine is also a podcast host and uh, she hosts Martine's Musing. It is so wonderful to have you here and joining me in the studio. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. One thing I really want to do is congratulate you on publishing your memoir. You love, you learn. What inspired you to to write it? Well, I was going through my past, my old journals from years ago. And I saw that, and I like to do that because I like to see like my growth and where I am um, present day versus where I was a few years ago. So, um, I was going through my journals and I realized that there was a common thread. Like I, these past, these are past toxic relationships that I went through and I felt, and I felt like I was dating the same person over and over again. (laughs) And so, I was like, wow, this, this is really interesting because now today I'm happily married, children and all of that. And I felt like a few of my relationships were back to back and they were basically the same person, but in just different bodies. And I thought that it would be helpful. It, you know, that if I shared my stories that they could help other women, you know, because it was really a time where I wasn't loving myself and I was at the time an unaware empath. So I was attracting um, a lot of narcissistic men. And so that's why I say I felt I was like, it was like dating the same person back to back because they all had that in common. And I thought that it would be a really, really good story to tell and and highlight some of the lessons that I learned, you know, um, bring, you know, provide the reader with some affirmations and journal prompts and kind of just share, you know what I mean? And when you share um, and you're able to heal and people who are reading your story are like, hey, this is, I can relate. So that's what really really um, inspired me to write it is because I was just going through my journals one day and I decided, I thought I was like, Hey, I have a book here. (laughs) Yes. yes. And you know, there are so many individuals that, you know, as you're saying this, it's like, yep. Yep. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Been there, done that kind of rode that pony too. It's like, it's recognizable. And I think that's the the main reason memoirs succeed, you know, and have become, you know, one of 
one of the genres that are sought after is because mm -hmm. we are looking for that common thread and and that we're not alone and that okay mm -hmm. so if she did it how did she get out of this and i love the fact that it was you you know going through your older journals and 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 putting it together because typically life events happen right. and that's the catalyst that begins kind of sort of that content for a journal and we don't necessarily sit down and and say you know what i'm going to write a memoir today okay life <laughs> something so then i have something to write about yeah. no it's it's typically us looking back going wow i went through that yes oh, i survived it <laughs> yeah and you know and yes it, it does help um us to when when we're writing it to to see not only the common thread of, of like you know the men you were dating but you got to see the common reactions that you had the you know those consistencies those reactions those interactions and it's like wow how can i change this mm -hmm. and you know once we have that acknowledgement we can change yeah so Yes, we can definitely change once we, once especially once you see it down on paper. You know, when you see it like right in front of you, it's written down on paper. It's there's no changing. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no rewriting the story. And oh, I like that. No rewriting the story. Yeah, because there was something you wrote ten years ago, fifteen years I know. ago. And who would have thought? You know, in in my journaling, never did I think that I would use my journals in an actual book. No, no. I, I, I never thought that that was never my intention. It, I just used to like to write the happenings in my life. <laughs> so then how long have you been journaling? Oh, since um, I would say my 20s. And I'm one and I'm in my late forties now. So I have a lot of journals and storage and stuff. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> and and obviously you can tell I, I travel. So mine get you know, I have some in, in this storage area and I have some more in this one and I am working on a, on a memoir and I've been trying to find my journals for the last three years and yeah I they will really help you they will okay. really help you well and it's really interesting because for me i didn't set out to write a memoir like i mentioned you know that's not what we typically do right we life happens and then we think back okay you know um or there are people who are like man this would make a great story you need to share what happened and <laughs> how you survived this and and so forth yeah i it started off as blog posts for my traveling and 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 helping me to adjust to a life um i have a son who passed away um four years ago mm -hmm. so it's part it's me finding me 
that it's a soul's journey is is what the book is about but of course yeah i'm going back to my journals and and using those and they're definitely a great tool because how we are now is not how we were then and with those journals we can go back and we can kind of put ourselves back into that space of okay, this is where my head was. This was where I was emotionally and I didn't have hope or, you know, okay, so what did it feel like to be back in that space? Or, you know, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm rambling. You're the guest. You're supposed to be talking. (laughs) I'm just listening. I, you know. (laughs) I know. Well, and and like I mentioned earlier before the recording, (laughs) you know, I I tried to write out a handful of questions and it was like, nope, this is all free flow. So <laughs> um so you have written a novel and mm-hmm. that published uh I believe I saw it was 2013. Correct. Yeah, that was 2013 Life Interrupted. And then you then you just did your memoir. So mm-hmm obviously it's you got a fiction and you got a memoir two different genres what was the writing what was the difference in writing both of those books how was your process different I should say um well life interrupted was a lot more fun because I made (laughs) everything up right fiction (laughs) I like that it was a lot more fun um so and I was able to develop the characters in a way um, that I wanted to. And just, it was open-ended. It was, you know, a real, a different creative process than it is in writing a memoir. With writing my memoir, I don't want to say that it wasn't fun. Um, At times it was like, I would chuckle. I would laugh at myself at the things that I did in the past. And I'm like, wow, did I really do that? I was so pathetic or something like that, but um, it was a different type of creative process. And it was harder because I was very apprehensive about writing such personal things about myself and um, having to change. I changed people's names because I didn't want anybody coming back and, (laughs) and kind of saying, uh you know any backlash about you know what I wrote it's my experience that's how I remember it someone else in the book might remember it a whole different way but it's you know I'm writing about my experience so it was different I was really apprehensive about even writing it at first because you know you kind of think like who's going to really take this seriously who's going to care you know who's going to want to read this book and I had to get to a point where I didn't care what other people thought. And I self, I'm self-publishing anyway, so it's not like I'm quitting my job, my day job, to, <laughs> to publish this book. I'm, doing, I'm putting it out there to help others, but it, it also provided a level of healing for myself, too, because I realized a lot of the things that happened in the past, I wasn't really over completely. And I felt like I was, I didn't know why I was kind of triggered in a lot of different ways, present day. But then when I was reading back 
in my journals and stuff, I was like, oh, that's probably why this thing pisses me off till, till this day when this type of thing <laughs> happens or someone says something, you know, and it was a real, it was a real healing process in, in, at the same time, as well as a creative process. You bring up so much that is very understandable and and again i recognize and pretty much any anyone writing a memoir is going to say oh yeah um because self-love is is one of those topics that we're either trying to figure it out or we go to great lengths to distract ourselves as a way to avoid any aspect of you know that part of self that needs the love and attention that it didn't get mm-hmm. and and it's really interesting and and i i've been because i'm writing a memoir i'm reading how to write memoir books and and i'm talking to those that have written it and and published mm-hmm. and one of the common things that I'm finding, not only in my experience, but in others, is that unraveling of the past and in yeah. how everything kind of, you know, weaves together. And it's like our story just kind of is this interwoven, you know, I, I, I'm lost for words um, at the moment. But anyways the the point is, is we we're finding different aspects of ourselves and now on the back side of it we can look back and go oh and like you said mm-hmm. uh, that's my trigger that explains why i react this uh, way to that yes. yeah so and um, back then we weren't back well my my book goes way back to like I said, like to my early 20s, well, my late 20s, and I'm 49 now. So it goes a good ways back, maybe 20 years, but it's not, I don't write everything. You know, I take certain parts right. that, you know, that move the, the story along. Um, but I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I go back, it, it, I go back about, yeah, about 20 some odd years and it, I really see where certain things were, were definitely triggering for me. Yeah. And it's understandable mm-hmm. and, and it's, things keep getting brought, as you know, as an intuitive and, and I am. you offer your your intuitive services so you you talk to people or clients and you remind them that there's reasons that these things keep coming back it's because it's a part of you that needs to be explored right which you know I as an intuitive and and with intuitive friends uh, that have that do client work, that is one thing that is continuously brought up is the fact that there's a reason this stuff keeps coming back up. And of course, we're like, you know, hearing it, it's like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I don't want to keep going through this. <laughs> you know, now I remember what I was going to say. 
Okay. Um, in the book, uh, now that, because now I read, back then I didn't know I was intuitive. I didn't know what being an empath was. I didn't think that I had mediumship or psychic abilities. Um, I didn't know what, I didn't know any of that. I thought I was going like a little crazy. So, <laughs> and um, so in the book though, now that I know I, I've read the, tar- I, I read tarot, I've studied tarot and I see tarot in everything. Okay. And I added that kind of in my book because going back, reading it now as an an intuitive, an aware intuitive, I'm fully acknowledging my intuitiveness (laughs) and not not putting it, you know, in the, on the back burner. I know now that certain places where I was in life, I applied like the, some of the major arcana cards to it as well. So I kind of fused that into the book as well. Interesting. That's talk about an interesting structure or, you know, like platform to try and, and complete. That must've been fun. I thought it, I thought it was interesting. And I was like, hopefully this does attract other intuitives as well, you know, who may not, be fully aware of their their gifts at the time like me I wasn't but now I I I fuse that in just kind of as a like for example the full card you know um I fused it in as um at a point in my life where I was taking a leap of faith where I wasn't sure about where I was going to go what I was going to do but I knew I needed a change and I needed to just take that leap of faith and trust that the universe had my back. So at that point, I was like, I know that this, at this, in this particular part of my life, I was in the fool's energy, Ah. you know, like that. So I go, I add those in at different points of my journey. Interesting. And uh, if somebody doesn't understand tarot, yes, have a better understanding after reading the book. And those that do know tarot are going to be like, "Oh, ooh, yeah, okay." I I provided I provided the meanings, the card that I only use the major arcana cards. Okay, I provided the meanings for those cards in like the reference section in the back of the book. Oh, that's beneficial to those that are inexperienced or just that novelist where they dabble in it and they can refer back to, you know, what it really means. It's like, Oh, Oh, now I get it. (laughs) So, um, one thing that I wanted to ask about, um, because I did listen to your podcast and journaling comes up a lot uh, right. in, in the handful that I, I listened to. So what are some of the advice or pearls of wisdom that you would offer to somebody who would like to get into the journaling practice, 
but you know feels that they don't have time to do it i think i would i would say if you if you feel like you don't have time it doesn't really t you don't have to sit down for an hour to journal you know it can you can take like 10 or 15 minutes to journal you can start off by you know writing writing that what's going on in your day or whatever you feel if you feel like you need to vent i know venting you know i can go off on tangents <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah and just vent to my journal or i mean if you want it's whatever it doesn't you could write a sentence you could write keywords whatever you know you can doodle in there i do a little bit of art journaling too um with collages and cutting out pictures and pasting them together it just relaxes me and you can make your journal tailor your journal experience to you know who you are and what makes you happy what makes you comfortable but it doesn't have to be a long period of time it can take 10 or 15 minutes i like that you reinforce that make it yours yeah it your way that mm -hmm. there are no set rules yeah there aren't any set rules no because there are some people who who kind of put that out there that this is how you do it this is the abcs of journaling and it's like what <laughs> so thank you for the reminder and yeah yeah i i i really believe that like it's because a lot of my journals like i'll doodle and i'm like okay i really don't have anything to write here and being that i like art i'm a little artsy or i i, I like to think i am um I like, to, <laughs> I like i'll doodle and whatever and and 10 minutes 15 minutes will pass and i'm like okay that's all i got for you today and that's it and I have to giggle because the rain that <laughs> is really starting to come down and I'm like, I'm wondering how much it's going to come through on the podcast. It's I don't like, hear it. I don't hear a thing. Oh, good. <laughs> because, you know, the, the one of the disadvantages of not having, quote unquote, that, you know, soundproof studio is I I have I have recordings, you know, podcast episodes with somebody, you know, mowing, <laughs> you know, planes going over by yeah, overhead. I've got birds squawking or dogs bark, my dog barking. <laughs> so. I have episodes, ambulances, police cars going by. And I'm like yes. sounds of the city. Oh, you know, I in to me, I actually think it sounds more, I don't want to say more real, because that really takes away from those that are in the studio. Mm -hmm. But it adds more life. Maybe that's how I want to word it is, is it adds more life. That's a good way to put it. That's a definitely yeah. a good way to put it. Adds more life. Yeah, adds more life to what we're doing. One of the threads that I found common on your website, and again, in your podcast is self love. Yes. And uh, at what point did you really just decide that, you know what, I'm gonna love me, I'm gonna take care of me. And I'll acknowledge all of you, but this is my time. 
when did that happen for you? <laughs> I want to say when I met my husband or within our relationship, um, because we were friends first and then we became romantic and then it just evolved from there. But honestly, I think that myself, my like, I was like hard hitting with the self-love thing was in 2018 um, when I lost my job and it took me a while to find another job. And within that, and, you know, we know everything happens for a reason and that was meant to happen because at the time, my mom, my elderly mom was, she was diagnosed with dementia. Um, And by the time I took her to the doctor, it was, had already advanced and um, she had gotten lost. Like I knew that she had dementia, but I didn't know how bad it was. And I feel like me losing my job, it took me losing my job to really focus in on her and the care that she needed because me going to work, I wasn't able, cause she was living alone. She didn't live with me and I wasn't able to keep an eye out on her like right. I needed to. And I really believe that that's the reason why, you know, I lost my job so that I could care for my mom. But at the same time, I went through a lot of hardship, um, strain on my marriage, you know, um, for about 11, 10 or 11 months. So um, after I got through that and I found an, a new job and I started really getting into what is my purpose in life, because during that time, that's when I started my podcast. That's when I started writing a blog. Um, I really started into this communication media thing that I've always wanted to do. I went to college for it. I have a degree in communications media. <laughs> so, why was I working at a publishing company being, you know, at a dead end job? Um, so I was really, I really felt like this is my time to do what I'm meant to do. It's now or never because my nine to five job isn't it. That's not my calling. And I have always liked to help people. I always like to talk to people and kind of figure out what they got going on. And that was myself intuiting without knowing that I was intuiting. Um, So um, I really feel like that's when I really embraced the whole self-love mindset because I realized that I needed to do a lot of emotional healing and a lot of loving myself so that I could heal and then in turn I can help others. Because I can't help others if I don't help myself first. So that's when I really embraced taking care of myself, healing, meditation, 
all of these things. And then I realized that I had gifts. I was always the one going for readings to mediums. I never thought that I would be actually on the other side of the table. And um, um, I went for a reading um, and the medium told me that he was like, you're going to be doing what I'm doing right now. And I thought he was crazy. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) well, and that takes us right out of that comfort zone because, (laughs) you know, we have those people in our lives that are like, "Uh, you do what? You know what? And, (laughs) And they don't like it. Yeah they they take it the wrong way and that is one of those things that you know is is not easy to share especially if you're in that household that doesn't accept it right I'd never I didn't I wasn't necessarily raised in a household that didn't accept it because my mom was really into it as well um as far as far as being I was raised Catholic but um, my mom was really into like believing in her spirits and her, you know, her ancestors and angels and her guides and stuff like that. So um, it was okay in my house, like it was accepted. Okay. However, I never thought that, <laughs> like, I didn't know even back then when I would just know things about people and it would be true how I came about knowing it. My dreams were, were so like prophetic at times. And I just didn't really, I didn't put it together until I had that, this reading with this um, medium friend who told me, he was like, yeah, you're going to be doing what I'm doing. And I was like, no way, hell no. And then I went back to him and I was like, okay, tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's the catalyst that kind of- I was like, okay, tell me more. How can I develop this? Because I don't know what to do. Because I feel like it's what I'm supposed to be doing. And because I was resisting it for a long time. And I was like, so how do I start? What do I do? And he told me, well, buy a deck of cards. And I did. I bought a deck, an oracle deck and a tarot deck. And I learned the tarot deck. And that's how it all began. And that was in 2018. Okay. Yeah. So I say all that to say, that's how I embraced my self-love journey. That's how I really, that's when I really, really fully embraced it. You know, we all have these interesting stories on, on, and when we, when we discover it or when we understand or acknowledge, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, okay, I I really need to to put my myself first, and and oftentimes it seems to be that there's a a I don't want to say traumatic because that's really wrong but a, a meaningful transitional period that we go, yes. like you lost your job um, yeah. or for somebody else, it could be that the relationship dissolved or, mm-hmm. you know, just different life events that yeah. have some substance that, that creates that. And I had to put my mom in a nursing home, which I was so... I felt so guilty about 
because I couldn't, I didn't have the room for her in my, in my apartment. And I wasn't qualified to care for her because she was one of those elderly people who didn't want to give up her freedom. Oh, she got lost for two days. Oh, and yes. And that was, I almost lost my mind and I thought I was losing. (laughs) I know. And right there with you. Yes. And so that's when I was like, okay, you're sleeping on my couch until I find, (laughs) I find you a proper facility because we can't live like this. No. Well, it's, it's not safe for her. Yeah. The last thing you want is for something, somebody to take advantage of her or from her. Mm -hmm. And that's what was going through my mind for those 48 hours that she was out in the New York City streets. I was like, wow, you really have a guardian angel on you, man. Most certainly. Somebody (laughs) was taking very good care of her. Yes. Somebody was shielding her from harm. Oh, my gosh. She walked from Queens to Brooklyn. And I don't know if you know the... I don't know the layout. Yes. You know, it's still a big city. I'm a country mouse. You know, to me, big cities are like, yeah, okay, I don't belong here. (laughs) Well, the cops found her in Brooklyn. And we live in Queens at the tip of Long Island. So... Wow. Long and she was walking. Wow. <laughs> okay, and if you know my mom, you know she's like a go-getter, and that that was the problem. It's because she was always did not want to give up her freedom. Yeah. Well, she's always about. My my father had uh dementia and ended up passing from Alzheimer's. And so I have, that's how I can sit right beside you and, and say, yeah. It's, you know, it's a tough disease to, to see your parents debilitate like that. It is because they become, they don't recognize the life they had. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the slowest and longest and most heartbreaking goodbyes. It, it really is. Yeah. And it is very okay. difficult. And I have absolutely no idea how you and I ended up coming together on this podcast because what's really surprising is we have so much that's in parallel. Mm-hmm. It well, is, that's why. It is amazing how parallel some of our things really are because I recognize what you're sharing Mm -hmm. and and I know that you know vice versa some of the things I've shared that you're like yep get that too (laughs) I understand is there anything that you wanted to share about either of your books or or on life (laughs) maybe I couldn't even put that out there (laughs) is there anything that you wanted to share um um yeah uh well of course both of both of my books are available on my website and um martinefalton.com 
And you can also, they're also available on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and um, online retailers. I'm not sure which ones, but <laughs> Amazon and Barnes and Nobles are the main ones. <laughs> right, right, yes. I'll have the links in the show notes as well. So, okay. Yep. Oh my gosh, Martine, I I had absolutely no idea where our conversation was going to go. It has, we have unraveled a handful of different things, most certainly aspects of developing our awareness of ourselves mm-hmm. and those aspects of ourselves that we would rather, I'll tell you what, we would rather hide those, you know, lock them away in a closet and, and like, yeah, throw away that key. Mm-hmm. But we also have that innate knowing that what we don't learn comes back. And it, we just keep getting those lessons over and over and over. And it's like this cycle. And until we acknowledge and see what it is. Right. And and approach it in a loving manner when when we push it off and resist it that's not loving that, right and until we love that aspect of ourselves and holy moly i really need to be writing this down because it really needs to go in a blog post somewhere or in my book mm-hmm. um that when we love ourselves we can heal that part of ourselves yeah And that's why I really titled my book, You Love, You Learn, because I really feel like a lot of our life lessons, because we're all here to learn, right? Right. And I feel like a lot of our our lessons that we're here to learn come present themselves in our relationships, whether that romantic relationships, family, work relationships, what have you, friendships, they all present themselves in some sort of relationship and, um, you know, and, and in those relationships you love and it might be a good love. It might be not so good, but you're definitely going to learn. Regardless. Yeah. yeah. And so Agreed. that's why I titled it. You love, you learn, because that's, that's where you get the bulk of your life lessons and relationships through those life experiences whether we like them or not yeah yeah how it's how we learn (laughs) to to be better yeah and to have a healthier life yeah is what we all want to evolve and and all that good stuff yes and again thank you Before we end our time together, I'd like to say thank you for joining us. You can learn more about Martine, access her website, and purchase the books she has written by visiting the show notes for this episode at pentapaperpress.com backslash podcast. To receive future episodes in your inbox, subscribe to the Pen to Paper Press newsletter or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Take care and until next time, keep your pen to paper and write and know that your words have power. Your story matters. Bye for now.